Hey there, welcome to Blockhead, the Peanuts tribute podcast from a cartoonist's point of view. My name is Jeff Grogan, and I will be your host for the next few minutes to talk about Peanuts, Charles Schultz, and all things Charlie Brown, Linus, Lucy, and Snoopy too. So sit back and enjoy. Listeners, welcome to another episode. We are here today after enjoying a uh, very fulfilling Thanksgiving weekend. We've been eating, we've been uh, dining on uh, turkey and leftovers ever since Thursday, and this is Monday, so uh, we are quite. <laughs> everybody here in the house is quite happy and uh, quite quite uh, full of turkey until next year anyway uh but it's been a wonderful break for us and i hope so for you too we have been hit with a snowstorm it is the season not only the season for the holidays coming up and uh season for buying gifts for your loved ones and all those you care about but um it's also the season for snow and we got walloped uh, last night and today it's uh, a white blanket out there and I've been outside shoveling all morning and afternoon slaving away behind a big shovel and shoveling away all that stuff as soon as the snow I, I shovel out of the driveway the snow plow comes by again right it's it's that's the life Sisyphus with a, a snow shovel say that three times fast anyway we're back here again with Tahid Bondia, uh, second part of our two-part interview with the wonderful cartoonist behind uh, the terrific new comic strip Crabgrass, which is uh, available to you on GoComics.com. Go there right now, sign up, subscribe. I think that's a great thing to do. So, and and it's easy. You can do it in half a second. So go do that. Uh, you can also read it on Instagram, but the best place to go is Go Comics, where you have access to the full archive. So. Be sure to do that. You can also sign up for A Problem Like Jamal, Tahid's earlier strip, which is just as great in a very different way and uh, a very powerful piece of work. So I think definitely go do that. Tahid and I will pick up right where we left off last time. We'll talk some about Charles Schultz and his influence on Tahid today. So uh, if you missed out on, on Schultz talk last time, we've got a little bit for you today. So, uh, And then next time, even more so. So uh, back to that. Without further ado then, Tahid Bondia and myself picking up where we left last time in conversation. Talk to you at the end gift to me was it, it gave me back those human moments it gave me back my ability to you know write a comic about funny kids so i put that into crabgrass but i learned even without realizing it the lesson draw what you care about <laughs> you know yeah, yeah and so my next comic strip turned out to be even unintentionally something autobiographical you yeah. know and i think that probably has something to do with why it's it's resonating with even more people which nobody oh, yeah. is more shocked than I am about the success <laughs> of this comic on Instagram. I really. Oh uh, man, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, people ask me what what's your secret. I look, I don't know. I cannot. <laughs> I am not doing a single thing that anybody who hasn't Googled how to become Instagram famous isn't doing. I, <laughs> I am. I'm doing all the stuff. I am working the hashtags. I I bothered Chris Halbeck like everybody else. I <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all the things. 
And, you know, those numbers, I mean, honestly, I think the, the algorithm yeah. is, is what there is to think. There's no way that I have earned, you know, 60 plus thousand followers drawing three comics a week. It's amazing. You know? But yeah, so I got noticed by the algorithm, algorithm gods, and and the the numbers are climbing, and I'm ecstatic about it. Sure. I I don't know. I couldn't begin to tell anyone how it happened. It's it's phenomenal, and and uh, you know it's exciting to see mm. that that many people are responding to something that is so good. I mean, uh, you know that that's what's exciting to me <laughs> to see is that this is really, really wonderful. It's a mm-hmm. wonderful comic strip about two two friends, blood brothers, really, mm-hmm. and and um, who go through their their issues, you know. And uh, yeah. but it's, it's but it's funny and it's touching. And I grew up like I, you know twenty years earlier than you did, and uh-huh. yet it's timeless. That's what what I mean. <laughs> Well, at the end of my last show, I said before I introduced our talk today, I was saying how anybody can re- relate to it. What I meant was that I'm 20 years older than you, and these experiences these kids are having. I grew up in the 60s. I'm still like I can relate to the, the stories between the friends and what they're doing and what the, what's going on with them. We did the same things when we were kids, yeah. and there's oh, a. Yeah. A timelessness to it and uh i think that's that's great you know because it reaches across boundaries you know yeah uh, it absolutely does i get i get a lot of people who uh uh almost as many people who asked me if i was inspired by bill watterson asked me yeah. uh, when the comic is based they want to know that it was based in their childhood you know, <laughs> yeah. they want they want to hear that it was based in the 70s or the 80s or the 90s or even as late as 2000 you know, mm-hmm. because we we think the, the kids aren't going outside and playing anymore. Of course they are. Kids are still going outside and playing. You yeah. know, they've just got cell phones with them and you can <laughs> you can call yeah. them for dinner, you yeah. know, but they still go outside. And, and, you know, it, it really depends on where you live. You know, like I don't have any illusions that crabgrass is a universal symbol for childhood. There, there's mm-hmm. there's a, a lot of people who can't relate in any way. You know, sure. to the aesthetic of, yeah. of you know playing in the creek or anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, it, it's just interesting. You know, I I I picked the '80s, even though I could have picked the '90s or now mm-hmm. to do a comic strip about because I uh, I'm something about that aesthetic was significant to me. It was when the world happened to you. You know, mm-hmm. more than you happen to the world. Yeah. You know? Ah, wow. Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, for yeah. for me, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so yeah, that was that was all that I always find that interesting. You know, every every uh, everyone comes to the site and they're like, oh, is this set in the nineties? This reminds me of my childhood. Well, <laughs> is it set in two thousand? This reminds me of my childhood. Well, okay, sure. You know? <laughs> Here is it set in the sixties because it reminds me of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, <laughs> it's, it's whatever it is for you, man. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Yeah, it's but it it is and I, and I swear to God I knew a kid like Kevin you know and I always mm-hmm. Kevin is one of those kids that my parents always told me to stay stay away from you know it's <laughs> a kid who's smoking in the corner down in the hallway or whatever or behind the trees you know that kid's gonna get you in trouble and I was I was you know I was a good little boy I, I hate mm-hmm. to say it I'm, you know I know I'm gonna disappoint my fans right no I, I <laughs> I'm gonna t- disappoint my wife no it's it, I I was not the, so you know I always kind 
kind of was like, oh gosh, you know, those guys are over there smoking. And I remember the first time, you know, I started hanging with a couple mm-hmm. of kids like, like that when I became a teenager, you know, 13, you know, yeah. and you, you know, you start doing the things you know you're not supposed to. And then you're like head over heels with the stuff that you're not supposed to do. And okay, mm-hmm. that's what happens. But anyway, but I know, you know, I knew kids like, <laughs> and we all knew kids like that. Right. And, uh, sure. You know, he's yeah. you know, talk about Kevin and Miles a little bit as characters. Uh, they're both very interesting and they're very distinct from one another. They're they're yeah, best yeah. buddies, but they are very distinct from one another. I get now this may be wrong. I get the feeling that Kevin's driving the bus a little bit more than Miles. <laughs> you know, you're right. He is. And it's like it's it's he's driving the bus against uh, Miles's will mm-hmm. and against my will. Because I really, <laughs> I really had intended for them to be equally in charge of the comic strip. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be a comic strip about two characters. You yeah. know, but it's like it's like kids. You know, people say you have two kids. One of them is your favorite, whether you like it or not. You know, maybe the the other one is a close second, a very close second. <laughs> but one of them you like a little bit more. I don't know. But um, in this strip, it's just Kevin has more opportunity to be funny when miles is funny he's way funnier but yeah the the the, uh the archetype that i started with was with with kevin is you know not dissimilar from from uh calvin uh he's dumber than calvin he's a lot dumber than calvin uh, he doesn't like love dinosaurs or anything like that you know right um he just his main priority is fun whatever whatever is fun is is that's that's as far as he can see and i think that in my mind it's because he's this middle child in his big family and gets ignored a lot and has to uh you know his parents miss a lot and he's got to entertain himself you know mm-hmm. his, yeah. his his parents work a lot or they're distracted so they're not taking him to the water park or anything like that uh like like miles might enjoy so he's got to find ways to make fun on his uh for himself and so yeah. that's his that's his main opportunity i mean his main um motivation miles his parents are much more involved and stricter and probably closer to how my mom was i grew up with a single mother and uh so he's a lot more cautious and careful but he's still a kid he's still a dumb little kid so he, you know, he, he, he loves to have fun. So sure. Kevin coming into his life is, you know, like a shot in the arm for his uh, mischievous side. Um, I, I, I like the dynamic of throwing them together because uh, I guess sort of the backstory on Kevin is that he's this weird kid on the block, you know? Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have any other friends because the other parents don't like him. You <laughs> know, he gets the other kids in trouble, gets them doing yep. things they shouldn't do, yeah, and eventually he ran out of friends. Oh man! <laughs> and and uh, so when Miles shows up, he pounces on him. You know, yeah. I gotta make this friend before the other kids get to him and tell him about me. <laughs> and of course, Miles is the new kid on the block, and he's also a really loyal person. So yeah. when he makes friends with Kevin, it sticks. And so they're they're at odds a lot of times, but I I think that that's also a nice reflection of just how childhood relationships can be, you know, yeah. they can be a little bit toxic. Yeah. You know, yeah. kids, kids are extremely self-absorbed 
and, and, and selfish. But they, they have that resiliency, so these kinds of attitudes don't necessarily affect the relationship to their detriment. Right. You, know, you, you hurt each other's feelings as kids, but you bounce back. It's okay. Yes. Yep. You know, yeah. and uh, I, I kind of want to capture that in the strip a little bit. You know, the, the, the way that their conflicting personalities does cause conflict, but it's never yeah. lasting conflict. They have short memories. <laughs> thank goodness you know because yeah, yeah yeah no i, yeah, I love the dynamic yeah. that's weird because you know uh you know as, as i'm sure you know you, you've got followers on 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 instagram and and they get people get invested in these kids you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. immediately they conjure this idea of of what they think the dynamic is or should be you know and yeah. when you when you stray from that, well, they've got something to say about it, man. <laughs> you know, I, I, I did that story arc where, you know, Miles just goes and plays with some other kids. Yeah. And leaves Kevin by himself. You know, now I know, you know, he's going to go play with these kids and he's going to come back because right. Kevin is his best friend. But on Instagram, people lost their minds. <laughs> like, <laughs> You know, what is he doing? He's betraying his friend, and this is—he's never coming back. And this is the end of Crabgrass. I'm like, eh, settle down. Settle oh down. my god! <laughs> <laughs> give it a few more updates. You know. Did you yeah. ever have that happen? To you? Did you? Did that ever happen when you were a kid? You know, there, there were other. There was absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah. I had, I had a um, uh, I think we all had that sort of, uh, friend. Friend, friendship of of convenience you know that uh-huh. just from proximity you know yeah maybe not somebody you were super in sync with or had a lot in common with but they lived right next door yeah so <laughs> so you played every day but then you had that one friend who lived further away oh yeah who was awesome and they were <laughs> they were your they were your like real best friend but they couldn't come around all the time you know what i'm saying so when they came around your next door neighbor friend got ignored of course they didn't understand why yeah. you know yeah, and it was it, it. But like I said, there's that that sort of toxicity, the shabby way that kids treat each other. You know. Oh yeah, and then Kevin's gonna get you know ticked off about Miles being with these other people, and right, know, yeah. it leads into a whole pile of things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's difficult what what uh, you know kids go through. But um, so uh, I'm curious, do you have children? Mm-hmm. You... Uh, yeah, I've got a daughter. Uh huh. And that's that's yeah. another thing too. She's she's also in the strip. Everybody's in the strip. she's 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 also sometimes she's kevin and sometimes she's miles my daughter is uh eight or 18 she'll be actually she just turned 19 really okay yeah yeah yeah, oh my gosh uh, is she in is she off to school or is she working or is she no she's she's a she's an artist like me oh man okay and she just the my philosophy on school it's probably not a popular one but these days it's just so expensive oh, and she didn't have a scholarship or anything. So yeah. I didn't want her going into debt right. unless she was absolutely 100% sure that she wanted to go to school absolutely. to learn and, and get that degree. Yeah. I was, I suspected that she just wanted to get out of the house and go <laughs> have that, you know, that college experience and live in a dorm yeah. and hang out with her friends and party, things like that. And it's like, okay, yeah, you, you'll do that for a year and then you'll flunk out Yeah, and then you'll have all this debt. And I was so so I was like no I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sign student loans for you to do that. She um, moved to Bowling Green and started a um, internship at a, a, a tattoo shop. Oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So she's still following her art dreams and things like that. Uh-huh. She's having a blast. Oh, that's so, great. 
That's great. You know, I think that well, this is a whole other issue, and I, I actually probably shouldn't talk about it because my job is dependent upon it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, in higher education. But um, I've been doing it for a long time, and it's one of the things that I think all of us who are, you know, in the field find concerning and upsetting. Yeah. And and that is the the idea that students come out with these this enormous debt. And uh, yeah. you know it's a big issue, and yeah, it, it really is the idea of free college for everyone is very appealing, you know, to me. But it's also, sure. I think I think it's also kind of thing where, and and this is way off topic, but you know, <laughs> just to to address it a little bit, um, this is the kind of thing where both the young person who's considering college and and their parents as advisors, right, and. Mm-hmm. and and people who are writing the checks a lot of the times really do have to think about the good points and the bad points and and sure. the possibilities. You know, you really have to weigh it because it does cost so much money. Yeah. And it's very it's important that one sit back and, and consider the op, the options and right. what are the options. And a lot of times it's really a good idea, first of all, maybe to take a couple of years off. You know, right. yeah, school yeah. going on. School's not going anywhere. Right, and and experience the world a little bit. Sometimes it's sure. a good idea to go to a community college first, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, at least in New York, community colleges are part of the SUNY system, and they're much less expensive. And yeah, yeah, there there are rational options. I think the thing when we're eighteen is like all of our friends start to do these things, and mm-hmm. we think that's what we have to do too. And your parents get nervous and. There's this competitive thing now in the world where we're teaching our kids to think about what they want to be. Yeah. Ten years and old, I mean, have a career. Media, in- media tells us that college is a very specific thing, and it's the yeah. best years of your life, and it's, you know, hanging out with, and making the friends that you'll keep for the rest of your life, and finding the person that you're going to marry, and yeah. you're going to go to these great parties, and it's just going to be, you know. <clears throat> Uh, all these all these wonderful experiences and it's very hard to tell a child who's just graduated yeah. high school yeah. that they can't immediately run out and go do that yeah you know? <laughs> and you uh, know and your experience is different anyway of course she probably doesn't want to hear that and my you know i met my wife <laughs> right. in a gas station and yeah. uh you know and, and i did go to school but then i dropped out of school i screwed yeah. up for a while you know mm-hmm. and then you have to figure out how to get back on track and do what you need to do and you yeah. know it, it's it's not a a straight path to the perfect life and and yeah. you know as far as the best years of your life go well you know i mean it's a wonderful memory but mm-hmm. uh, the best years of my life are pretty much now you know yeah. so you know pretty much. <laughs> and it should always be now that's yeah. that's ideal that's what we hope wow, yeah that's a great philosophy yeah, yeah. i agree 100 percent. yep but uh you know so so depends on who's president, though, I guess. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't, don't get me started. Because, you know, I mean, people who listen to me, if they ever followed what I did on Go Comics years ago, you know, they knew. I mean, Steve Connolly talked to me about it. You know, 2016 happened, just as you said, and, the, and the, I couldn't, you know, for like on and off for a while, I had to deal with that issue. And uh, and it was it's not a pleasant issue to deal with. And there's a lot going on. And, and neither you nor I, I think, I think we share the same sensibility in that regard. And uh, yeah. So, so we'll we'll leave it at that and sure, <laughs> um, sure. you know because we could go I you know we could get into a big discussion and because uh, yeah. there's a lot going on right now but okay mm-hmm. we'll leave it at <laughs> and uh, so get back to comics I guess you mm-hmm. know so yeah. um, so I think it's kind of interesting the the crabgrass setup is distinct mm-hmm. in a way that like 
Jamal was very much centered around Jamal and Jamal's mm-hmm. worldview, you know. And yeah. here you're creating something that, as you said, it's two characters bouncing off each other. And I, I'm thinking about that for a minute. It's really kind of interesting. Uh, even though there was Calvin and Hobbes, right? Mm-hmm. Calvin is um, really the the. I mean, Hobbes is there. Calvin's yeah. really the motivator. There, is, it is about friendship, but it's not quite. Ho- Hobbes cool. is a is a product of Calvin. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and but Ke- Kevin and Miles are different. There is this kind of equanimity. There, there is this kind of balance, and that's kind of it. two pillars for the strip like that. There's not a lot of strips that are built on, you know, the the two um, main characters. You know, mm-hmm. uh, were the pillars of the strip, and uh, that's kind of an interesting balance to try to maintain. And, yeah. And, you know. It is. It is. It's difficult. Like I said, and I'm. I'm not succeeding the way that I. I <laughs> had had initially intended. I have to tell my stuff because the the Kevin strips keep coming to me. Yeah. You know. Because he's uh, the 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 uh the mile strips are a little bit harder one, but I I they're always some of my favorites. But um I want there to be a more equal distribution of them. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I've got. A sort of extended cast of yes. Miles's family and Kevin's family, yeah. uh, which I want to introduce more and more into the spotlight uh, going forward, because I want to sort of distinguish their their worlds from one another, yeah. Miles's and, and Kevin's, um, just to kind of inform those characters a little bit more. Yeah, you know. But yeah, yeah it's 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 it doesn't it doesn't feel particularly natural, right? Uh, to have two like truly main characters um i'm not even sure it's a thing that can ultimately be done i don't know i it, it might have been done already by someone better but um but uh i, I think it's more likely to, to be found in strips about a husband and wife in a way yeah. then you have a natural dynamic there um mm-hmm. but well, the tendency is to kind of fall into these tropes you know to fall in these right. patterns where the blondie trope you know or yeah. Michael Jancy and I were talking about where you have Blondie and Dagwood or the idea of the, the wife who is long suffering and the husband who is kind of adult and mm-hmm. uh, uh, that kind of thing. Or Right. Uh, that, in, that, that's, I mean, Blondie and, and it becomes about Dagwood. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right there. It's called Blondie. It's, you know, when you open the paper, you see Dagwood. It's him making the, he gets the, the money shot. He gets the laugh. Yeah. And, you know, that, which uh, also brings up an interesting thing about why I named this strip the way I did. I didn't want to name the strip. Uh, well, first of all, Miles' um, name was Curtis to begin with. Hmm. Uh, um, and one oh, of my Curtis Ray Billingsley. Exactly. I... One of my one of my aspirations was to maybe get um, syndicated in newspapers. So I didn't want. Uh, it, it took me a while to realize that there's a, a much bigger looming curtis in that, oh, yeah. in that genre so i was like okay maybe you need to change the name but um <clears throat> i didn't want to name the strip you know kevin and curtis or curtis and kevin just because the top billing would sort of imply yeah. that one character was a little bit more prominent than the other you know sure. so i left i left their names out of the strip just in an attempt to try to level the playing field a little bit but it's been an ongoing battle 
Yeah, I you know I, I can understand that. I think I have this a similar kind of thing in in the thing that I'm working on now. And and I think whenever you're building a cast, the, the thing about building a cast is that I think as time goes on, there's a natural progression. You get to know these people, and as you get to know them, one character or two characters or a certain dynamic starts to stand out to you. Yeah. And in one way, you just got to go with it. Uh, yeah. Because, no, you're right. You it know, it becomes less and less about your your personal will. Yeah, and it becomes and, about them and their yeah. their motivations and their needs, and uh, and it's you know it it's kind of hard to stop that once it right. starts. You know, because, well, and the the thing about it is, is like that's that's for the betterment of the strip. You know? Yes, I can fight all day to try and yes. and, and and make Miles and and Kevin carry equal water in the strip, but yeah. if the strip is going to be better with Cal- Kevin taking the lead. Yeah. then that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I go back to, um, I, I mean, the strip, the, the podcast is called Blockhead. So uh-huh. you know, think a lot about Peanuts. <laughs> and of course, sure. Peanuts was, was impactful, I think, very much on my generation in, in a lot of ways. And and I'm not sure uh, how much impactful, how impactful it was on, on your generation. But certainly for me growing up, it, it, it defined what a comic strip was and still does in a lot of ways mm-hmm. for me. When I go back and I look at his early stuff, and, and forgive me if you, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with the early peanut stuff but when you go back and you look at it charlie brown's a very different character he's a very got a very different mindset he's like this little wise guy who's an instigator he causes a little bit of trouble here and there but he's not really fully formed and the other characters in the strip you've got uh you know these characters shermy and patty and violet right these are all the first characters in the strip and they're there for a couple of years they're there for you know for maybe 10 or 20 years I, I can't remember when they they disappear entirely, but they gradually, what happens is after a couple of years, uh, a character named Lucy is born, and mm-hmm. then she has a little brother named Linus, and there's this little kid in this in the neighborhood named Schroeder, and mm-hmm. there's a dog, and the characters from the beginning start to fade away, and these other yeah. characters announce themselves, and what happens in Peanuts is you know Lucy begins to announce that she is. She's the, the the dominant kind of force for a while, and the dynamic develops between her and Char- Charlie Brown. And one of the things that happens is that Charlie Brown becomes Charlie Brown only when Lucy is really there uh, <clears throat> in the beginning, because Lucy is this uh, force of nature in a lot of ways, and yeah, she yeah. is an instigator, and she's got something to say. She's secure. She's demanding. She's uh, unsatisfied uh, <laughs> with the world. And her plight in it, and mm-hmm. she, you know, she is so strong a character, and Charlie Brown seems to become diminish and shrink mm-hmm. in many ways. Yeah, and that, see, and that's, that's, that's the that's, Charlie Brown I know. Yeah, and yeah. it takes a while for that to happen. It doesn't just, so it's not fully cooked, you know, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It, and I think what happened with Schultz is, oh my God, these characters I'm creating, <laughs> you know, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> right. You, you don't know. Until when you start putting these pieces out there, the players mm-hmm. in the in the game, you know, in the chessboard, start mm-hmm. to move along. You don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know who's going to assert themselves. And yeah. all of a sudden, somebody does, and then they start to push the strip around in a different way. If you're lucky enough to have that happen, right, right, yeah. That that I mean, you getting to a place where the characters write themselves is oh. always a good thing, even if it's not where you intended it to go. Um, yeah. 
it's just something that's going to feel more sincere and 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 genuine and natural yeah um that that is so yeah i've actually uh like i said i've been listening to your podcast for oh. the past couple of weeks and i have learned so much about uh the peanuts and uh yeah i think my wife is probably going to be upset with how much i'm going to be spending on collections going forward <laughs> uh, well, glad about that because you're a great cartoonist and it's kind of cool to spread the the history a little bit to somebody well, who thinks it's just so great for, for me it's, it was always the uh if i could speak a little bit about what influence there was for me yeah the sure peanuts, it Please. was it was uh like i said the, the sort of conscious influence I had as far as newspaper comics was 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 Calvin and Hobbes and Bill Watterson. Yeah. And also I also took a, a drank heavily from the cup of, of, of early web comics. Yeah. But, you know, as far as the peanuts goes, you know, this is to, to my generation anyways, or at least me, uh, was such a per- pervasive thing uh, in, in our childhood mm-hmm. that I mean, you Charles Schultz gave us Snoop Doggy Dog. I don't know if people <laughs> think about that, <laughs> but that didn't—he didn't make that up. That came from somewhere, and there's only one place that could have come from. Yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm saying? I yes, mean, there's, I do. There, he was to me Charles yeah. Schultz before I knew his name. Yeah, I think a lot of people. Um, he he was Charles Schultz is a season, mm-hmm. you know, to mm-hmm. people of my generation. He is a, a holiday special. Yeah, he yeah. is, you know, a, um, a you know, th- 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 so many things. He's just this sort of, you know, ever present uh, thing before before he actually becomes a cartoonist. If you happen to be, you know, interested in cartooning, he he before he actually becomes a cartoonist. And it's uh, my interest in cartooning, if anything, humanized him. But before <laughs> that, like I said, he was just like this, you know, force of nature. Right. Almost, like a- you know. Um, uh-huh. he was a Halloween costume. He was, you know, so many things. And, and, um, that, that definitely influences you on some level, you know, mm-hmm. um, whether you pick up a book and read it or not, I think that peanuts ends up being a part of you. If, at least if you're of a certain age, sure. You know, it, and, it's uh, everywhere. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really, uh, uh, insurance commercials it's just so much <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, there's 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 so much out there that um like i said for a long time uh i thought the comic strip was called snoopy uh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah 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 but for, for many years i thought the comic strip was called snoopy before sure. uh, you know uh, i even realized what was going uh what it was actually called so it was just like it's it's it, it had this uh and I don't think that it was just a matter of uh, uh, marketing that made it so pervasive. I think that there was a, there was a, a, a truth and a sincerity to the strip that just that made it so easily marketable. Yeah, it existed in a time when when comics were uh, so per, so important in right. popular culture, and we were talking about the middle century, middle twentieth century. So the comic strip was where the success started, and mm-hmm. it was it, all of the roots were there, and it had a huge impact on the people who read it. 
uh, and it became it, characters resonated. Once Schultz hit his stride, those characters really resonated with people. Charlie Brown resonated, and Lucy Linus. That dynamic really meant something. And then Snoopy develops, you know, in the mm-hmm. late '50s and into the '60s. But you're right, you know. And I I, I teach a history of comics class, and mm-hmm. one of the things about when we talk about peanuts is that you know young people coming up, people your daughter's age and whatnot. And and even before that, going back to sometime in the 70s, Peanuts was ubiquitous. It's it's like you're just saying it's everywhere. It's it's mm-hmm. it's linens, it's towels, it's it's uh, insurance companies, it's lunch boxes. It's all this stuff that mm-hmm. is nothing to do with a comic strip. And it's right, just right. the stuff that's all there. And so understanding it as a comic strip, it, it that's like comes later if you're interested. If you're not right. interested. You know, you get stuck up on the, the animated specials once a year or something, and, and you think, that's it. Yeah. And yeah. it's it, it and that's one of the scary things, you know, I was I, I was having this conversation with Lex Fajardo, who, uh, Lex is this great guy who is one of the senior uh, editors at Schultz Studio now out, out there. Yeah. One of the things we talked about is they keep putting out material, and that material is not the original material. There are these little graphic novels that have been written by somebody else and drawn by somebody else. And kids pick that stuff up, and do they ever get back to the, the original source material? And what yeah. really matters is the source material, because the source material is really something very distinct from yeah. all of the permutations of it elsewhere in the world. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that that's one of the difficulties um, in approaching it. And... Uh, Later on, when I was growing up, uh, I grew up in those early years when Peanuts was really starting to take off in the 60s, you know, and it be in the 60s is late 60s, really, is when it became so pervasive after the the two TV specials. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's when it became so popular that Snoopy went to the moon and all that stuff. But before (laughs) that, it was a comic strip first and foremost. And Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how I entered into it. So its impact on me has, has more to do with that than, than it has to do with it as a media property, if you know what I mean. Sure. And I think that's yeah, a no, absolutely. Uh, distinct kind of encounter. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that uh, in a lot of the ways that, you know, some older cartoonists lament that they never got to meet Charles Schultz. Yeah. Uh, I think some younger cartoonists lament that we never got to be influenced in that way and we sort of try to catch up you know <laughs> later in life uh i don't yeah. want to say we weren't influenced but uh we didn't have proximity to the to the you know um to the earlier stuff yeah as and, much and as we were just sort of you know exposed to the the, the tv specials and the tv commercials and things like that absolutely um, you know and that's kind of the same you know in the same way that i I receive Popeye and, and uh, comics from the 30s and 40s secondhand in collections yeah. rather than in the newspaper. Or George Harriman, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. Crazy Cat. It's all collected. Oh, yeah. So that stuff is is um, remote in that way, although it was never pervasive in merchant. Popeye was, obviously. You know, merchant. <laughs> was cra- crazy. crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Just everywhere. But. But yeah, it's the same kind of thing. It's like, yeah, oh man, I didn't really experience that. Even to this day, when I go to read Popeye uh, in in Cigar's work, I go there with Max Fleischer's cartoons in my head, 
And yeah. that's the Popeye, <laughs> and that Popeye and the Popeye and the comic strip are two very different, very different things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Different creators, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's kind of interesting, you know, the way this stuff, I hate to use the phrase trickles down, but um, yeah, yeah. the way that it, you know, gets to yeah. us one way or the other. Yeah. And that's, that's I think, probably is is, is the most important indicator of of the level of, of, of property that you're dealing with here that, uh, you know, my daughter knows who Charlie Brown is and she knows, you know, uh, who Snoopy is. And it, I mean, you know, if in, you know, 60 or 70 years, people who are recently born know who Kevin and Miles mm-hmm. are, I will be extremely happy. Oh man, that would be, <laughs> that would be great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I just, hope that's the case, man. Yeah, because... uh, that's uh, that's that's the dream. But I just think you know, there's got to be a certain quality to your work, in in order for it to just be that pervasive, to just live, you know, in in, in whatever form it does, just keep living. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I, I I don't remember which podcast. I was listening to of yours, but you were talking with someone about, or, or maybe it was Brad and, and Dave podcast. Um, they were talking, yeah, I think it was, they were talking about how Dave deals with a lot of really old comic strips from, from, I'm like, you know, the, the twenties and things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the context of that time, these comic strips were huge. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they were lighting the world on fire and dealing with all the pertinent topics of the day and they will be remembered for generations to come <laughs> and he no one has any idea who the hell these cartoonists are right now right. you know there's sure. like comic strips about babies eating coal that yeah. <laughs> just don't you know don't survive the the uh march of time but yeah. but the peanuts is one of those things that it 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 lives on it can yeah it, yeah, it's and it's got that timelessness, and I, 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 that sounds trite, but it, it really is timeless. Yeah, and that's what you hope to create. And I think when you get to something that's es- essential in the human experience, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You, you know, and which has to be personal, right? I think yeah. you have to get there through some kind of personal connection right. to the material, right? And uh, that's that when you tap into that, you know, you've got something. You know, the other thing that has to be there is is timing. Uh, you have to have the, you have to have a sense of timing and that, and I don't mean in terms of the timing we were talking about in writing before, but, you know, being in the right time at the right place, there is something to be said for that in regard to any success. You are not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. You you are not kidding that, uh, I think that, I mean, I think I probably owe at least a little bit of Crabgrass's success to that. Um, Uh I think right now there's a market for, you know, remember when. (laughs) <laughs> you know, uh-huh. there's 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 a hunger for escapism to a, a simpler time to, you know, the good old days, quote unquote. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't think, feel nostalgic to me, though. It's yeah, interesting. I, 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 it's not. I mean, it, that's one of the sort of themes for me. Yeah. Not everybody takes it that way. But um, I think if I were to do this strip 10 years ago. Uh huh. I might still be struggling to get noticed. I think right now was a good time for this comic strip. Yeah, I do too. 
Well, obviously it is because it's hit, man. And <laughs> and I think people are really, really you're responding to it because it does fill a void. And it really does. It feels it feels new, but it feels like coming home all at the same wow. time. Wow. And that that's a really, you know, rare thing. I mean, it really is a rare thing. And I think, you know, we're lucky to be to to have crabgrass, you know, show up in our Instagram feed every day, uh, which is, I suppose, where it, Thank you. its, its audience is, right? You know, on Instagram. So, uh, yeah. yeah, there's there's a there's a Facebook page, and it's got like 1,700 followers. Nothing right. Comparing to to Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, but um, what I really would like people to know. Is that it's on gocomics.com. There you go. Yep. Slash crabgrass. Yep. Because that is where you will find the entire archive. And on Instagram, once I hit a hundred posts, I'm gonna start pruning the 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 oldest ones. Yeah. So I, oh, okay. I don't want to I don't want to go over a hundred. And see. um, so going forward, so people are gonna start finding that those earlier comic strips are disappearing. They're getting archived. Oh, but they gotta go there want, now. <laughs> right. If you if you ever want to read the entire archive, you'll always be able to find it on GoComics.com. Okay. Um, so. Well, it, well, man, it's 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 great stuff, and um, it's interesting to me. One of the things I was surprised about was that Crabgrass, and this is true of Jamal too, right? Both of them are relatively recent strips. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. the last couple of years, and you and and they are the accumulation of an enormous amount of of what it seems to be an enormous amount of other experience because they are so fully cooked, you know, mm-hmm. as comic strips. Mm-hmm. So that was the surprising thing to me is like uh, crabgrass has only been around since what uh, last year, yeah. uh, last summer, yeah. spring or something. When uh, was well, it? it started in April. In April, and it picked up. I mean, it hit that quickly with yeah. people on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, it started. Yeah. And it, it first went up on um, um, Go Comics and on uh, April fifth. I um, I had I was I was doing jamal and um i started crabgrass and i went ahead and and sent an email to sheena wolf and said hey i got this other comic strip and you know like i said part part of the aspiration with with crabgrass was maybe one day to get uh uh, a print deal right you know and uh so that's that that was you know um that was the thing yeah, so I, I uh, emailed her about that, and and she uh, said, "Hey, if you want to put it up on Go Comics, we can do that." And mm-hmm. uh, that's just kind of, you know, it, it, I, I had that in, so I was lucky. But uh, yeah, so, it was it's 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 done it's done actually better than uh, Jamal did on Go Comics, uh-huh. which yeah. I've been surprised about. Well, you like you said, it hit a, it hit a, a soft spot, you know, with yeah. a lot of people, and that's great. It really is, and I, I think it's really important. Do you think you'll ever go back to Jamal? Um, I leave the door open for that. Um, Jamal was such an important voice. Yeah. You know, for the time that I had, it's hard for me to think that I'll never need that voice again. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. The world is not fixed. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not, not to say that Jamal fixes the world or anything, but it's just like he's he's an expression of how I am when the world is in turmoil. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it stands to reason that eventually I might need to use that voice again. Um, mm-hmm. 
So it's it's yeah, the for that reason it's still up on Go Comics. I could start yeah. updating it at, at any time. Yeah. Um just I mean, the need it, has to be there. Yeah, yeah. It's really I don't I don't want to betray the spirit of that strip by just turning it into some rogue, yeah. you know. Some kind of imitation of itself. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you get, it's got to be you you got to feel the the motivation. You know, I I had a similar thing with um the end of of the strip that i was doing on go comics for a while and and uh i was i was doing the stuff that led into trump territory and um Mm -hmm. i was doing that for a while and for a while it it felt necessary and good Mm -hmm. and i don't know there's something about doing in in the case of this stuff it was so specific to the moment and to a particular period of time I don't know. I, I, I began to feel limited by the idea of satire. I, I, I don't know, you know, that, that's not necessarily a fair thing to say about satire because, you know, I think you can go on and on with it, but I felt like I wanted to stretch other muscles. Right. And yeah. So I started working on a, on a different path and yeah. different idea and, and moved away Absolutely. from it. Yeah. Satire is, is a, uh, is a scalpel and, I think as cartoonists, we want to use a brush. Yeah. Um, that that uh, it's not always appropriate. And when it's overused, it can be quite bad. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so. it can. You know, I mean, how many bad Saturday Night Live skits <laughs> exactly. sit through after a while, you know? And, yeah. it, and it is kind of like, okay, am I... I don't know. I just felt limited by, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not investigating, investing anything in the characters here. Characters are kind of one right. note and, and they're not. So what do I do? And, and it was that limitation that kind of sort of put me off it. And I was like, you know, I don't think I can do this anymore. And when you get to the point where you don't feel like you can do it anymore because you don't, your heart's not in it. Maybe that's the time to leave it. So yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, and that's, and you know, Doing web comics, that's always been a luxury that I've had. You yeah. know, like I said, it, it had never paid my bills. So if I wasn't feeling it, I walked away. You know, yeah. uh, to the lament of whatever readers I had mm-hmm. at, the, at the time. Um, yeah, I would I would do a comic strip until I I wasn't satisfied or I, it wasn't sparking joy anymore, and 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 just walk away from it. And um, I don't want to say that's exactly what happened with Jamal. Uh, because I don't feel like I've walked away from Jamal. I just feel like I've, you know, I've shelved it, yeah. you know, uh, and yeah. it's right. It's going to be right where I left it when I go back there. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the voice was really important. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I can hear what you're saying about, you know, because the intensity level was so much at a certain point, you're just you're going to burn out. And yeah. and I think that it, it the fire lights up again when it needs to. And maybe Jamal come back then. I, I think one of the things that I found really so satisfying about it was how rich it is mm-hmm. in terms of both its engagement with important stuff that's happening today and important experiences that need to be um, expressed and and heard. And at the same time, it also dealt with real personal dynamics. Yeah. The, Dynamics yeah. between Jamal and his brother, the dynamic between Jamal and his mom and the mom and the, and the sister. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff there, intense stuff, though. And and yeah. so it's the kind of thing where I, I can see it's it's important, but at the same time, it could be very hard to maintain that level. And if you can't maintain that 
kind of level, you gotta you gotta find another outlet, another voice. I think Crabgrass does just a beautiful job. Yeah, at uh, heart, I'm 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 I, I just want to do a character driven strip. And that's what yeah. it is, you know. Yeah. And it's yeah. about friendship, which I think is just people respond to that too, you know. Yeah. And talking about in, in intensity and how that that voice can can go and then come back. And uh, actually, I think I'm probably hearing something similar to that with with uh, Aaron McGruder and and, and um, oh yeah, the Boondocks coming back. And yeah. it's <laughs> and it's it's very weird because you know I was I was a huge fan of that comic strip. I. Right. I I, I loved what he did with the animated series, and uh, it's it's so weird. It was like 2016 happened, and then all the stuff that came after that, and it was like a bat signal went up, and <laughs> and the Boondocks needs to return now. Yes, <laughs> that's the hero that we deserve. <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 so weird that you know I mean I don't know I don't I don't know any of the details about you know what's yeah. going to happen or not going to happen with that but it's just weird that that that's what i'm hearing now is that you know uh he 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 put that away uh but then the world went to shit and and now it's just like the uh, uh a better time than than ever for for uh boondocks to be oh. a uh, a thing you know i hadn't heard much about it but is it coming back as a strip or is it coming back as an animated show i i have heard that it's coming back as a strip okay um, I don't, I don't, yeah, I haven't heard anything about an animated show. Uh, I would love for a strip to happen. I, uh, a while back I saw a, uh, a sort of a sample strip. Yeah. Uh, floating around the internet. I don't mm-hmm. know how authentic it is or anything like that. And, and actually, honestly, I haven't heard much recently, but it was just, I just found it weird that, you know, with everything that's going on, uh, I envision Aaron McGruder sitting at his art desk going, oh, crap. I probably shouldn't uh, have shelved that strip. <laughs> this would be a great time to come back. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you know, in a lot of ways, the career has changed. And it'd be interesting to see how it comes back because here's the thing, you know, we all know what's happening in, in, mm-hmm. in the, the world in terms of print and um yeah. you know how important print is anymore and um w- will it come back on it'll come back on go comics but will you know and it'll probably come back in print but even still question is really what its impact is going to be felt mostly on the web i suppose the career has changed so much in the past it was once you got on that train of the strip uh you were sort of locked in you know seven days a week and uh that's one of the things we have now is a certain kind of flexibility yeah. That with coming and going, uh, absolutely, you didn't have before. Yeah, absolutely. That uh, I understand that. Um, I mean, well, one of my dreams is just because I'm old enough that that that's a dream for me to 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 uh, be in newspapers. Yeah, sure. I, I don't know how relevant that is, but it's it's a dream for me. Um, but yeah, that's seven days a week. Yeah. It is. You know? <laughs> that that is intimidating as hell. Oh, you know, uh, I update three times a week, and I, I I sometimes try to wrap my brain around the way some of these guys update have updated seven days a week, and I just you know I hope I can do it. You know, well you <laughs> I know hope I'm up to the task if, if the opportunity ever uh, presents itself. But um, yeah, most that, that is a 
Yeah, most cartoonists used, you know, had assistants, right, one yeah, way or the yeah. other. And the thing that com- that compounds the stuff today is that most cartoonists are doing their own coloring, and it's become a very personal thing. And if you're doing your own coloring, it's the same. And and you know, you got to turn out the color strip for the web, and you got to turn out the black and white strip for the print, and you got to do the Sunday strip and Sunday strips in color, and you're doing all that together, that's an extra burden of work that um, wasn't there in the past. So now you're talking about seven days a week in black and white and in color. you got two different versions. You got, you know, the, you know, at some point or another, that, that's, that kind of amount of, that's just an enormous amount of work. It and, really is. Yeah. It really is. And it's, you know, you go into it, you, you, you plan for it, you know, yeah. when, you, when you make the strip. You know, I've, I've talked to, uh, other cartoonists I actually uh, email back and forth with Will Henry quite a bit. Oh yeah, Will. Yeah. Yeah. About about his his process and he gives me his troubles that <laughs> that he goes through and holy cow I mean it's enough to put you off the whole thing uh, if you if you're if you're not really invested it'll it'll separate the boys from the men um, but uh, yeah you know keeping all that in mind you know. It, it becomes a little bit easier, obviously, if you're doing things digitally. Yeah. Uh, to you, you just got to save three different files, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but you know when you're when you're planning your strip to begin with, you know, and you're doing your lines and your colors, and you you can plan um, for the eventuality of printing in black and white if you need to, or the eventuality of of posting on the web or or CKMY on in, in print and things like that. So. Uh, and these, you know, these these programs like uh, Clip Studio are, are, you know, incredible. Yeah. Um, actually, Clip Studio doesn't let you work in CKMY, which. Yeah, I know. I heard that. I didn't. I was surprised yeah. to hear that. Same thing is true of uh, Procreate. Um, oh, really? Yeah. As far as I can tell, you can't. I've gone into the settings and I, there's no CMYK or whatever. Uh, and, and so that kind of throws people off a little bit. You know, because when you go, you'll have to take the Photoshop to prepare it for print. Almost as if they think that print is going the way of the dodo. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I don't I mean, either. Yeah, I don't either. I, just, I think that that to me is absurd. The idea that there's going to be no newspapers. Oh man. I, you that's, know, the, yeah, newspapers weird. will evolve. They'll change. They'll shrink even. But the well, idea that there's going to be no newspapers. You know, my, my local newspaper is has become just so moribund. It's it's a, a chain owned thing, and what used to be a very we used to have. I grew up in a, a small community in upstate New York, and uh, we used to have two newspapers just for that community and one in the morning one at night they joined together in the 70s that was bad enough but then Mm -hmm. you know they were bought by a big you know corporation gannett and Mm -hmm. they turned the newspaper over the course of 30 or 40 years into just nothing you know and now daily newspapers nothing well i'm thinking and they don't hardly you know here's one of the other things in terms of journalism you know they they don't pay for a staff of Mm-hmm. full-time reporters there's there used to be a full-time staff of reporters there aren't anymore so my own feeling about my local newspaper is you know mm. what they should do is just turn it into a weekly turn it into a sunday that mm. is a great sunday and yeah. you know just give up the rest of it because yeah. you know because they're failing at it basically yeah you know? yeah I, I there's room for that there's room yeah. for it to exist but not in yeah. the way that it exists now 
not the way it's working now. They got to yeah. find a new way of working it. And yeah. and uh, it, it, we need we you know because it is a different experience. You know, and and it's not like young people. Young people don't read magazines and newspapers. I know that, but I I heard a couple of kids the other day. Uh, in in class uh, talking to one another and they were saying you know is anything real anymore you know, <laughs> exactly i'd like to see something real and i was like wow that's an interesting yep. you don't hear that exactly every yeah that that is that i mean that is that's a powerful sentiment yeah you know the the um just the whole it's it's paper yeah know? i mean it's it's yeah. it all it all it would take is a power average yeah you know? yeah and so much of of, of our digital information would be lost and things oh. like that. And it's just like, you know, all of our government institutions have hard copies of things, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I've been hearing the clarion call that anything on paper is going to go away uh, for a long time now. And I just, I, I don't believe it. Now, I don't, you know, like I said, I, I, I hope to one day be a cartoonist printed in newspapers. I don't expect that to make me, a you know, the next Bill Watterson or Jim Davis that that's over. And yeah. I get that. But I think that, uh, you know, print media, it's it's going to evolve. It's going to change. It may be slow, but I think it's going to evolve. It's going to change. And there's going to be a place for it. Yeah. You know, because like you said, even kids nowadays are, are, are just like, you know, they don't oh. necessarily trust yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, digital media as much as. Yeah, and they're the. It's their. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, more and more, I'm I'm cognizant of the fact that it's their world. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm slowly. You know, I mean, I don't want to be moribund, but uh, or morbid rather. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm 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 aware of the fact that I'm gradually fading out. You know, as, <laughs> as time goes on, and and you feel your rele- relevancy, sort mm-hmm. of fading out. And I'm aware of that, and I'm aware that they're this is their world. You know, and sure, and, uh, and they have to make of it what they will, but. Um, it's, it's interesting to note that they too feel some disquiet with the idea that everything, as much as they're addicted to digital media on their phones and they can't go anywhere without them, they're, they're also, there's this understanding that, that this isn't all. And, you know, a book is still a rich experience unto itself and different experience. And, uh, but you know, I, th- I, I think that's a hopeful sign. Um, I, I agree. Print is still always going to be play some role, but I do think that newspapers and journalism, print journalism and uh, has to find a new way to manifest. What you're saying is that, okay, so say you get in the newspapers and, and mm-hmm. you know, the strip gets out and is, des- is it's not going to, that it's going to reach a wider audience. I mean, it's reaching a pretty wide audience now, mm-hmm. but you know, the idea that the cartoonist has impact in the way that Watterson had impact in the way that, uh, you know, Charles Schultz had impact or in the way that, Oh, Kathy Geiswhite had impact yeah. or Aaron Magruder had impact or, or Gary Trudeau, you know, those mm-hmm. people who, whose cartoons or, well, you know, the, Oh gosh, you know, elephant in the room, Jim Davis and, and Garfield, <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, those things there, there was this, I don't know, this thing about the comic strip character, mm-hmm. the thing about comic strips becoming, you know, perv- Vasive and and influencing the culture in a way that that do you think that that has has gone uh, is that something that I know it's something we say we don't believe in can be yeah. possible anymore but in a way it's something that we still aspire to isn't it 
you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that aspiration is just, you know, evidence of my age. You know, I don't know if it's a, if it's a, 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 a foolish, foolish aspiration to have nowadays, you know, but I think that the world has become because of in part of well, in large part because of the Internet and social media, the world has become a, a so much larger uh, place that there is a home that there, there is a there is a piece of the world where, you know, cartoonists are massively influential, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Uh, you step out of that piece into another piece and um, the people there ha- have no idea who <laughs> these cartoonists are or what you're right. talking about or whatever. But that piece that belongs to us is still in, it, it's huge. It's enormous, mm-hmm. you know. And and um, so I don't think that we have the same sort of global across the board um, uh, influence. But I think that we are now talking to the people we are talking more to our people, uh-huh. than everyone. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think you're so, right. So, so, so it's like, like with with progress on Instagram, I um, I have a compared to many people a small audience, but I have so much engagement from that audience. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. where it, previous in my web comics career, I was you know blasting my web comic out to as many people as I could. And getting as, as uh, you know, several hundred um, people coming uh, aware of my site, but the engagement was very small. You know, mm-hmm. I would get, I would, I would go to my uh, site tracker and see these numbers, but uh, I would get very few comments on mm-hmm. my blog posts and things like that. You know, the way that we used to do it. But um, <clears throat> now on on Crabgrass because of the algorithm and just this sort of uh curated nature of social media i'm speaking more to people who already have an interest in that kind of thing so when they discover it you know they stick that audience sticks a little bit more you know Uh and 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 i think with with that kind of audience it's not as necessary to have such large numbers right if the people that you have are more devoted i think it's 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 more um, readily uh, possible to, to develop a, a more devoted following rather than a larger following. Right. And so it becomes a more intense kind yeah. of relationship between you and the audience. It's like, yeah. it's yeah, like yeah. The Stanley and true believers, right? And, and <laughs> you know, yeah. you have your true believers, right? And, the, mm-hmm. and I do think if a strip has I've, of the strips that I've encountered, and I'm by no means a, a great um, expert on the field of contemporary web comics, uh, mm. but I still read a lot of them. Um, but of, of the things that I've encountered, if there is a strip that has the potential to break out, I think mm. Crabgrass is it. Uh, oh, wow. I, 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 and I don't want to curse anything here, you know. I don't, <laughs> you know I'm, but I, I really think that you that there is a. I think we talked about it before. You know, I think there's a universality about it. I think, you know, the idea of friendship, the idea of interracial friendship, the idea mm-hmm. of uh, dealing with, um, you know, real life issues that mm-hmm. 
uh, our childhood issues that we all grapple with, different personality types and different families and, you know, different attitudes towards um, uh, childhood behavior. <laughs> and, 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 you know, parents who are both uh, very attentive versus parents who are distracted. I think all of that stuff is very resonant. And and I think it's also coming. One of the things I get from the strip is it's coming from a personal place. It's coming yeah. from your own experience. It feels very yeah, sincere, definitely. very true. And and I think, you know, there's something there's something there that I think could really explode. And uh, you know, and I think we kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm romantic, but I kind of feel like we need it. Uh, <laughs> we we need a crabgrass. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're right, that would be great. You yeah. know, but I do feel like there I I. I, I, I might be a bit of a romantic myself, though, because I think there might be a comic strips renaissance going on. Um, that I agree with you on. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that there there is a growing appreciation for technical skill and uh, authenticity uh, in, in comic strips again. You know, I think that <clears throat> I don't know. Th- th- there's a blurry line between I think what I do. And, you know, this sort of uh, meme content that, that that's huge, not to disparage in any way or, or, or take away from comics like uh, Strange World or anything, all, right. all the, the quote unquote relatable comics, yeah. you know, um, because I think part of what makes them successful is also part of what makes uh, Crabgrass uh, have seen its success. But uh, that, that sort of um, with the advent of the Internet and especially social media there has been a wave of sort of meme content, you know, yeah, absolutely. that's, that's really taken off and sort of eclipsed comics in a way. And I think that comics are making a comeback, yeah. you know, uh, the, the, the draftsmanship and the craftsmanship and, and, and it is, this is starting to, uh, come back now. And, you know, I, you see like, uh, you know, Wallace, the Braves, something like that, or, or Phoebe and her unicorn. And, 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 uh, the success that they've seen, I think that, that that's hopeful yeah. for um, just kind of our genre and, and uh, how, how things are headed in the future. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the future, I do feel like you're, you're absolutely right when you say a renaissance of, of, of a kind. I do feel like the medium is in great hands, both in terms of short form and in terms of long form. And of course, our concern mm-hmm. here is, is short form uh, and, and comic strips. And I agree with you, you know, there is the meme comic and, and foul language comics and things of that nature that are very geared towards, they're not character driven in a sense, you know, right. Yeah. But but there is the world of comics like your own and comics like Wallace, the brave, where there is a, a connection you know, to identifiable characters and situations and a care for them. And there is also, you can tell in both your work and Will Henry's work, and there is a, a love of the medium and a respect for the medium and a desire mm-hmm. to, to continue the life of that medium. And, um, yeah. And I, I think uh, it's it's evident. So going forward, yeah, I think the I think comics in general is in great hands. You know, there's just so many great people making stuff. Um, but I think short form stuff is it, it's inspiring to see a character driven strip like your own pick up as many followers and be such a big hit on Instagram and every place else as it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you know, of the world of the, of the strange planets and all of those mm-hmm. meme comics, it's still, which have, okay, so many exponentially number of followers, but 
hey, they're not engaging like they're, they're you're missing. the. It's nice. It's great. It's it's like candy reading those comics, you know, because yeah. but they don't give you the satisfaction of that more profound relationship. And right. uh, and also, the visual, you know, stuff. Yeah. Skills that you bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, and I think it's just it's just, you know, it's and. It's the same in, in, in so many genres, you know, that the, the uh, of art, uh, something new happens and the old guard gets, you know, they, they bristle up. And because the new thing isn't building enough, they feel on the old thing mm. or it, it isn't bringing the values of the old thing in, into the future. And I think that, you know, that's where a lot of people go wrong. You know, yeah. when you when you get up in arms and you try to take down the new thing, you know, just keep doing what you do. Yeah. yeah. Keep loving what you're doing and, you know, keep putting that love into your work. And there's there's always room. There's always room. There's an infinite amount of room for everything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. Know? yeah. There's there's absolutely enough space for comic strips, traditional comic strips and meme content to exist in the same world. And. If, if 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 comic strip artists are so focused on taking down meme stuff, then mm-hmm. we're not we're not doing our thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. not we're not we're not we're not uh we're not inspiring young cartoonists to love what we do and and, and carry the torch and, and and things like that, and that's how we lose out. Yeah. You know. So. You I know. Think Picasso- that- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, that, that's it. <laughs> I was just thinking, Picasso said uh, to an aspiring artist once, you know, the artist says, well, what, what do I have to, you know, contribute? What, what do I have to say, you know, that, that there's so many great people? And he said, look, what are you afraid of? Get in line, you know? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, just get in line and do, yeah. do what you do and get in line. And, uh, Absolutely. Because, right? Just because there's a Picasso doesn't mean there's not room for a lot of other people, you know, to line up. And what's great now is that, you know, the, the, the world's opening up and mm-hmm. places, uh, endeavors that were restricted in the mm-hmm. past are, are open to creators from all different kinds of backgrounds. And, yeah. and uh, that's a distinction. That's an important distinction between now and the past that other, that more voices are being heard and, yes audiences are there for those voices because they've been hungering for those voices exactly you know? that's that's the thing it's uh, everything that we think we're losing yeah. you know because of the internet we're we are gaining so much more you know yeah. I, I i might not uh, be able to compete with uh you know um some of the the meme content but you know when i look at my followers there's people from australia yeah, and, yeah. You know, there's Norwegians and things like that, and it's like that, you know. That's a, that's great. That, yeah, that's that's amazing. There's people from all over the world, and it's like I get I get direct messages from <laughs> followers whose English I can barely follow, uh-huh. you know, but they felt like they needed to they needed to reach out to me. You know, that's that's an amazing thing. It is you know, amazing. Thing. That's happening now. That was impossible. You know. 30 years ago and it, it's 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 crazy so it's like yeah it's hard for me to feel like we're we're losing or fighting a losing battle with the internet when mm-hmm. you know it's it's really opened way more doors if you're if you're if you're paying attention you know that that um you'll see that it's it's opened a lot more doors than it's closed yeah and and it's interesting too you know because 
you and I, are, we've been skirting around the issue of politics. And mm-hmm. I think it's it, the interesting thing. Well, the Internet is this it's a it's a double-edged sword it's opened mm-hmm. up a lot of doors uh and and at the same time we have you know the distortion of news media the distortion of people yeah. go down rabbit holes the respective rabbit holes but you know i think if we go back and we, we we talk about the essential idea that people are able to connect in in a way that they weren't able to connect i hope and I'm, i am very hopeful but the very nature of that thing will mm-hmm. result in something positive and Whereas, and, and, you know, you're an example of that when you talk about connecting to people, you know, from all kinds of walks of life and all over the world, uh, you know, that let's hope that that does not get lost, you know, that that, that essential quality. That's a sentiment that I hold on to, you know, for dear life, because, you know, if it, if, if it, if it's ever, um, not enough for people to connect then I don't know if that's a world I want to live in. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tahid, this has been just fabulous. It's been great. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really, really enjoyed this. It's great. Me, me too. I have really enjoyed it. The two hours have gone by. Oh, wow. I can't believe it. It's already, you know, starting to get dark outside and, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's unbelievable, but so, you know, thank you so much for being on the show and, uh, you know, all the best congratulations on crabgrass and on a problem like, uh, named Jamal and, uh, both strips on go comics and they are, yeah. they are so rewarding, really so rewarding. And, and to a cartoonist like myself, it is, it's a, just a, a joy to see, uh, you know, somebody new come along who is who is really working at the level you're working at, which is well, very thank you. thank you, Jeff. And you know, let me just say, you are doing good work here. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you really are. I have discovered so many great cartoonists uh, from your podcast and learned so much. It's uh, uh, I, I really think that this you're doing something that uh, needs to be done. Well, thank you very much, Tahid. I really appreciate it. And uh, and I hope we get a chance to talk again sometime in person. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So that's where we leave it for now with Tahid Bondia. I hope we get a chance to speak with him again. Uh, boy, what a terrific cartoonist and, and a terrific person. He's, he's really a lot of... He's just great. And uh, I, I really enjoyed speaking with him. And I hope I get the opportunity to talk to him again and meet him in person sometime soon. Next time... On the show, we have the author of some of the most recent uh, Peanuts graphic novels that are coming out of Boom uh, Studios and um, and uh, the Schultz Creative Studio. Uh, Jason Cooper will be here. Jason has got a background in writing for animation at Warner Brothers for almost 10 years before he moved on to uh, the Schultz Studio and started writing the Peanuts gang and graphic novels. And so we're not dealing with a cartoonist next time. We're going to grapple with a writer. Oh boy. Uh, it's going to take me a little bit outside of my, my comfort zone, but I think I can handle it. And, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Jason's done some great work on the last few graphic novels for boom studios. And there's a new one coming out in the next week or so. It's called Snoopy, a beagle of Mars. And if that, uh, piques your interest, uh, you definitely want to tune into this episode because Jason will walk us through, will spacewalk us through the entire, uh, process and, uh, the backstory. We'll get all of the, the details 
the backstage details about the construction of a Peanuts graphic novel. So be sure to check that out. That should be up, um, I think it'll be up next Wednesday. So be sure to look for it, okay? Uh, I'll have announcements on Instagram, and that reminds me, follow me on Instagram again. It's Grogan Jeff, G-R-O-G-A-N-G-E-O-F-F. I've got my comic, Spiking the Lens, and I've got some Peanuts stuff, and I've got some blockhead stuff so please be sure to follow me on instagram and i hope you had a wonderful holiday i hope that the season treats you kindly and uh, that uh, uh, all is well in your world so uh, until next time thanks for listening